This, this is the Our Auto Expert Podcast. Find us on air, online, on mobile, and on your smart speaker. Please subscribe at ourautoexpert.com. Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Now, here's the host of Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Nick Miles. Locally created, nationally celebrated from the northwest to the southeast, this is a, the World's Car Radio Show. If it has a throttle, we'll feature it on air, online, on smartphone, or on that smart speaker that you love so much in your living room. This is our auto expert, where two million Americans get their automotive news daily. I'm your host, Nick Miles, along with, who are you? <laughs> who are you? Fret girl, Jen. Are you? Where have you been all my life? Well, I haven't seen you since last year. I know. I missed you. Yeah, I missed you too. I was pretty busy. Thanks for bothering to show up to work today. <laughs> You've been gone for a while. Yes, I have. Have you been a busy monkey? Doing I things? have been very busy. Oh, yeah? Very busy. Uh, yeah. What have you been up to? <laughs> Not as much as you. Oh, well, I've had a busy time, too. Yeah. Holding down the fort, doing my job. I Entertaining the millions of people that rely on us for a good car. Let's just not get into that now. <laughs> Busy show today. What's going on? I'm going to talk about uh, Toyota Tundra. I did a little bit of uh, research thinking that Toyotas, which are made in, the Tundra is made in uh, San, San Antonio. It's the only uh, full-size truck made in, Amer- in Texas. Do you know that? Mm-hmm. You'd think more would be made in Texas, wouldn't you? You would think. You would think. Yeah, you would it's think. Not. I know that the they're the number one. one selling area, but... Yeah, Texas is a truck uh, state, That's so uh, there's no doubt. Mm-hmm. The F-150, by the way, the number one selling vehicle in America, yeah, still, you again, keep last 2020. That. Well, 2020, they just they just came out with it. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> uh, but the Tundra, uh, it, we're going to talk uh, to uh, Brian Oleski. Olszewski? Yes, that sounds okay. better. Well, my Polish isn't as good as it used to be. Olszewski, uh, he is from Toyota. He's going to tell us all about the Toyota Tundra SR5. I've been driving it, by the way. Yeah? I kind of think it's yummy. I like the matte look of it. It's old, but reliable, but very cool. Mm-hmm. I'll talk about it. Yeah, they have a new color. Uh, we're also going to talk about uh, Mini and uh, the LAP Motorsports team. Uh, Lewis was here on the show because <clears throat> I got so much, I, you know, me and my verbal diarrhea about Mini. I couldn't stop talking. We had very little time to talk to Lewis mm-hmm. about his Mini racing and his awards and how amazing he is and how he's kicking backside. So, we, you know, uh, it was all about me and not about him, but that's how it is. Matt uh, is going to join us to talk about the Audi e-tron. Uh, I had the GT, Audi e-tron GT, uh, recently out of the fleet. Oh, brother, that car is... is his favorite. Yeah, I... Uh, all-electric car, why didn't I know about this? Or what not, I knew about it. Well, why hadn't I driven it before? Uh, currently, drove into the studio today, the Q, uh, Infinity QX50. Jen, <laughs> I've always had to put plastic down. It was a little too plush for us to sit and to drive in. It was very beautiful. It's very plush. Yeah. Although Jen had umbrance with some of the colors. Yeah, I'm not too keen on blue, blue and, and brown, brown and, and white gray and gray. And white. And white. Yes. Yeah, whatever. You're just so you're so 1980s. Come on, bring it on. <laughs> of course. We're in the 2020s now. <laughs> we're well. We're like 40 years ago is gone. Just say update your palette, Jen. No. Uh, we're going to talk Lexus. <laughs> we're going to talk about the ES 250 all-wheel drive. 
Love that car. Anton joining us to talk about uh, what's going on with electric car sales in 2021, autonomous cars, how we're doing there. And uh, we get to talk to a Portland, Oregon dealer, um, Ray um, Ray Armstrong from Ron Tonkin Acura, is going to tell us about a vehicle that's not here yet, but is coming soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the secret insider info that he knows about the 2022 Acura MDX. Uh, and I'm excited about that because he has some insider scoop on that. So that's kind of cool. Yes. Um, are you looking forward to today's show? I am. I really like the ES250 all-wheel drive because I drove that. Yes. Yes. Uh, Loved it. Yeah. You don't like the fast cars when I drive them, though. <laughs> you know, I think this is, by the way, if you're listening and you're an auto manufacturer, when you send me fast cars, could you please put one of those airline sick bags in the passenger seat? <laughs> For me. Jen's yeah. a baby. <laughs> and then you went. Hey, <laughs> Nissan sends me little water bottles in the seats. Yeah, how do you throw up into the little hole of a no, water bottle? No, at least it helps keep stuff down. Like drinking helps keep stuff down? Drinking water, yeah. Never right. mind. How does that work? Okay, well, right. let's get on to Brandy. <laughs> Why, because we're talking about you throwing up in fast cars? Exactly, and Such I love Such a baby, trucks. as soon as you don't want to talk about something, you try and change the subject. It's always the same way. Another hour coming up of us talking about Jen throwing up in cars when I drive fast. Because the show's not about that. Yes, it's it is. No, People want to hear about you throwing no, up I when I drive fast. <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> Uh, okay, well. Brandon Olszewski joining us on the phone. He's from Toyota. Uh, first of all, uh, Brandon, I have to tell you, what is Toyota's secret sauce about making the Tundra not only the uh, best resale value of uh, the, the vehicles in America, but also the most reliable? Um, what do you got going on at Toyota that all the other truck manufacturers want to know about? Because you obviously have some like <laughs> magical wand that everybody else wants to know about. So tell us your spells. Tell us your magic potions. What's in your cauldron? I'm not going to tell you that. (laughs) That's that's a great question. I'm glad you brought it up. Um, I'm going to do my best to explain it. I can't give away all the secrets, unfortunately. But uh, I can tell you really what it stems from is is really just a commitment to, to, you know, Toyota as an entity and an organization has a real commitment to to quality, durability, and and reliability. And that's really at the core of what we do. And it comes through in a few different areas. As you mentioned, some of the, the reliability of wars we run, we've won with some of our vehicles. But, um, you know, I think oftentimes Toyota gets, um, you know, gets some, some negative publicity for maybe being slower to market uh, with new products and new technologies. Um, but that's really because it, it takes time for our engineering team to feel comfortable enough with something new to, to put it out there and put a Toyota badge on it. So, um, things at Toyota may take a little bit longer, but it's because the engineers and the quality department are, are, are taking extreme care um, to make sure that, that we're upholding the very high standards um, that we've set for, for our vehicles and our brand. There is something to be said about, you know, if you put lots of fancy things in a car and lots of computers and lots of new technology, it can go wrong very easily. And, you you know, that mean you, I mean, I guess you could make money at fixing it, but you guys would rather not have people bring their cars back or their trucks back to the dealer and have them fixed, right? That's right. And, we, you know, I think we all experience that at home and in our personal lives, right, with all the new technology and it continues to, to proliferate. But um, that, that's certainly something that, that we take into consideration and, and we take very seriously, um, you know, on the truck side. Um, again, I think you'll, you, some people can look at Tundra and it's, you know, it's, it's an older vehicle, right? It's, it's been in the market for, for quite some time. Uh, but the fact that we're still over to, able to sell over 100,000 of them every year, we continue to win awards for 
quality and, and resale value. It's really a testament to, to the awesome products we build. It's not like a tank either to drive. I mean, I have it in my driveway <laughs> right now. It's, it, it, isn't, uh-huh. it isn't uncomfortable. It isn't slow. I mean, even though the vehicle is probably, I'm going to guess, what is it? It's, it? it's many years old. It hasn't been renewed for many years. <laughs> um, 13 years and Let's since. Let's go with that. That's yeah. The, I mean, whatever. It's, it's <laughs> old. It's old. super old. I mean, it's, it's had mild <laughs> lipstick. It's, there's lots of lipstick refreshes on it. I mean, new uh-huh. colors. You have a new Lunar Rock color, and you have new colors yep. coming every year. And I will tell you, your color department has it nailed down. They do have super cool colors mm-hmm. every year. But uh, you know, you've got lots of little things. But but ultimately, uh, you know, it hasn't been renewed for many years. Yet ultimately, people are still buying it. And loyal fans. Yeah, they are. Toyota you you are do. Loyal. I have a lot of friends that do this sort of under twenty thousand uh, dollar vehicle buying and selling quite a lot. They'll go to you know people's houses and buy and sell, and they say, listen, if it's a Toyota, they'll buy it you know sight unseen every time because they pretty much know it's it's solid and it's. It's got a great resale value, and I tell people all the time, if you're going to keep your vehicle over three years, you want to buy something that's going to have a good value. I know vehicles you can drive, and I hate to tell you this, but if you're going to go buy a Nissan Leaf and you drive it off the lot, you're going to lose 30% of your value the second your curbs or your wheels hit the, the street. That's just how it is. But with a Tundra, I can find Toyotas, perfect example, that are more expensive a year older than a new one on the lot. It's just the way it is. Exactly right. Um, and, you know, one of the things that, that I've been surprised at and, and always, um, to, to some extent, blows my mind is the number of people we have um, who have their, their Tundras and other vehicles reach a million miles, right, at, at Toyota. And it's something we certainly celebrate and, and get excited about. Um, but I think that um, that's just another example of, of, of us continuing to, to ensure we're, we're building quality products and ones that are going to last and, and continue to hold their value. So when you develop the Tundra um, for what it has, and there's a, a lot of updates too, when you develop this vehicle, um, one of the things I like that you did was, or they did way back when, is you're able to pretty much use all the interior knobs and switches and buttons uh, with your gloves on. And that was kind of a piece of genius. Even door handles. You can keep your work gloves on and use everything. Yeah, that, that's exactly right. And, and, you know, as they go through the design process, obviously these are very very complex machines, right? And, and there's certain design criteria that they set at, at the onset of, of the design, and, and those carry through to all different elements. And, and that was one of them, specifically for Tundra, and it's something we talked a lot about, um, you know, when we, when we launched the vehicle. And, you know, the, the interesting, the chief engineer, uh, Mike Swears, is, uh, he owns a farm, and uh, he uh, owns a farm in, in Collarville, Michigan, or somewhere there nearabouts, and uh, actually uses the truck um, there on there on the farm. And so um, he's not only the chief engineer, but he's also a customer. Um, and that was something that was very important to him is, is to make sure that uh, you know he was building the trucks for people like him who get out and use it and get their hands dirty. Um, which is a, it's a really cool story to um, to be able to, to to continue to be right. able to tell that um, today. Right. All right. Two other things for you before we run out of time. One is um what's going on why aren't you know why why aren't you guys able to supply as many as people want i went to a local dealer and he's like i want more tundras ask toyota why we don't have enough make more make more <laughs> yeah i mean so so 2020 has been a challenging year for the industry right and and covid has, has impacted all aspects of our business and it's really had a significant impact on our supply chain um, and so, you know, we, we have been in a, in a condition basically the whole year we have been 
um, not able to supply as much um, as many trucks as, as people want. And right. um, so the supply chain is one aspect. And the other aspect is, is pe- demand for trucks has really not dipped in a significant way, even through the, the COVID challenge that, that we've been seeing. So Americans love their trucks. Demand has not really softened right. as, as much as the rest of the industry. And so when you combine that with the supply chain challenges, um, the entire segment, all, all of the ends are okay. having a tough time keeping up with the truck demand. Thanks, Brandon. We're out of time. You're listening to Our Auto Expert. Catch up with previous episodes of the show at our website, ourautoexpert.com. You can hear all past shows. You can see automotive videos, and you can read insider car stories about your next ride. You can find it all at ourautoexpert.com. It's where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily. You'll find it all at ourautoexpert.com. Uh, did you sell your other truck yet? No, not yet. What are you doing? Why? What's going on? Um, I've given you opportunity, Jen. Oh, I know. Trust me. Uh, um, oh, it's that work thing. It's yeah. been the holidays. What's your other excuse? Yeah, working. I've been working a lot. Uh, there is a lot of car sales going on. In fact, most car dealers that I've talked to over the last year have done pretty well. We were thinking the pandemic was going to cut in to about 50%. I think uh, most people are seeing themselves down I mean, car companies down about 20%. Some are, some are doing better than others. Um, truck, if you were a truck guys, you know, Jeeps. Woo. Truck guys. Yeah, truck guys doing well. Uh, SUVs doing well. Um, small trucks are actually up. The little trucks are doing a really, oh, yeah. really good. And they're hard to find. Well, I was trying so to find comps for I mine. was talking to uh, uh, Russ Humerson from uh, um, Beaverton Toyota in Beaverton, Oregon this week. I dropped in to say hi. was in Beaverton. Bit of a trek for me, but went down to Beaverton to say hi. Great guy. And uh, chatting with them, he said that, uh, you know, the inventory for trucks and SUVs is much harder for them. They've got plenty of, you know, if you want to buy a Camry or if you want to buy a Prius or some of those things, they, they can do an amazing deal on that today. Walk out. Corolla's a, a, a solid seller for them. But uh, the trucks are much harder for them to sell. You know, much harder to get the trucks. Oh, yeah. Um, they, they can't find exactly what people are looking for. And every single truck that comes out of the factory in San Antonio, they're just like, yep, uh, you know, we, we have a home for it. We pretty much have a home for it. So, uh, And even even the guy that uh, helps me with my landscaping, that works with my landscaping, he's struggling to find trucks for his landscaping company. Because, mm-hmm. you know, you, a lot of people need a certain kind of truck. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have a pre-lifted truck. For I sale. do. It's a yeah. six-inch lift. Six-inch lift? How do you get in that? You have a rope ladder? I was a gymnast. We'll just leave it at that. Are you? Yeah. You like do flips as you yeah, come up? Yeah, there you go. It. You open the door and you Run do like five back jump. flips and then you... <laughs> what was your specialty as a gymnast? Bars. Uh, parallel bars? Parallel bars. Isn't they, unparallel that? bars. Uh, well, parallel is for men. Unparallel is for women. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You have accidents? It always looks really painful when you... Things yeah, don't. I've had some serious accidents. Oh. Yeah. Can I just say owl? No, we'll leave it but there. I, but it's all good. All right. Just say owl and leave it there. <laughs> just say owl. Is, I didn't, it's unparalleled for women. Men do the unparalleled bars, though, too. No. No? They do parallel, rings, vault, floor. Interesting. This is a great show. We're talking about gymnastics. Yeah, no, I was just talking about how you get in your trucks. That was basically <laughs> Yeah, it. I know. You always try to see. This is, I want you guys to take notes. Every time Jen doesn't want to talk about something, she changes the subject. She tells me. Well, we I just think on. we should get back on track. Oh, yeah. We're talking about how you get into your six-inch lifted truck. 
yeah, round, flips. round off, back, back handspring. Flips. And then onto the <laughs> stack of phone books. And no, it's a pillow. Do you, it's a pillow. <laughs> and then you have blocks on the pedals. No, I don't. This Chevrolet actually <laughs> puts the seat up and goes up far enough. There's some vehicles that I can't reach, but this one I can. You don't like vehicles you can't see over, over the, not over the steering wheel, but you can't see, uh, you can't see the corners of the, you can't, there's some vehicles you can't see over the steering wheel. Yeah, that's true. And then we had one in our ride and drive thing that I couldn't see over the mirrors. And that was very scary. What was that? I don't want to talk about no, it. No, I see. <laughs> Shouldn't we talk about something else? I don't like to talk about these things. It was, it was an infinity. If it's a shorter vehicle, we should talk about it because it's important that people that are shorter shouldn't be getting into an Infiniti QX80. It was the, it was the really big, QXC. the big, yeah. yeah. And the, the May not be the car huge. for you. Uh, nope, it so, wasn't, but it was a very comfortable. I have a friend who is right. nearly seven foot, and a Honda CRV is the only car he can drive. Really? Yeah, just because the seat goes back far enough, and he's a tall guy. You, it, interesting, Japanese car company, the Japanese uh, people as as a people tend to be shorter than Americans in height. Oh, they mm -hmm. used to be. I don't think it's necessarily the same now. When I went but, to Japan, I felt pretty comfortable. Well, height wise. Yes, I did. Uh, me too. I'm not the tallest guy in the room. Well, maybe I am. No, Jordan's taller than I am. Uh, so you're not that tall. Well, I I said I'm not the tall. Yeah, I'm, I'm taller. Than, I'm taller than you. Are you just? <laughs> did you just height joke me? <laughs> Miss not five foot. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Check him. Playing with fire, young lady. You get burnt. Uh, anyway, so uh, there you go. So I I'm okay with most vehicles. I don't. I like to see the front fenders. That's a really big thing for me. When yeah. you drive. I always tell people auto shows are the best thing in the world because going and sitting in vehicles and just like getting the lay of the land, mm -hmm. ju just if you think about this, most of the time that you spend in a car is spent on the inside. Correct. You look at them, sure, when you walk up to them, when they're in the driveway, when you get out of them and walk into the mall or the shop or when you walk into your house or, or to work, which not many of us are doing right now, we're... You know, when not that many of us are commuting to work. But right. when we go places in our vehicles, we look at the car, yes, and we feel inspired. We feel good. Um, if you're a car person, you feel good about it. But uh, most of us look at vehicles only when we get in and out of them or they're in our driveway. We sit on the inside for a long time. And that's why I'm more sad than anything else to see auto shows not be here. Right. Because you can actually spend time in the inside and see what fits you. And, and I like to know how cars taste, too, before I buy them. Oh, that's right. You like to lick the steering wheel. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding, everybody. Just in case people think I'm a sicko. I mean, I am a sicko, but no excuse. But uh, No, I like, to, I like to see how they feel, how comfortable mm -hmm. they are, how I can reach things. You know, I have short little army things. Okay, I have to I tell you. I have to touch screens. I need to make sure I can touch it. I think the Corvette was made for us. Um, but did you the nice cockpit. It's just rounded, fits everything, can reach everything. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we'll have to get racing. We'll have to get a couple. We have, we have to get racing. Yeah, we'll have to but get racing. Yeah, we'll have to get racing. We'll have to get a couple. I think that's what we'll do. Kay. I'd like to race you on a racetrack. Uh, maybe we can set You have up. more experience. I do? Yeah, you do. You have more experience than I do. Let's start a pool. Oh, that's illegal. I don't think we can have a betting pool. It's probably illegal. Depends on which state. No. It's Are we on in illegal. Nevada? Yeah, we, uh, we can have a betting pool in Nevada, but I think directing people to bet on who would win a race between you and I is probably illegal. So we won't do that. How about that? 
Okay. I'd win, just in case you wanted to know. Yeah. All right, still more to come on the show. We're going to talk about the Audi e-tron. It's cool. It's coming up on Our Auto Expert Standby. You're listening to the Our Auto Expert Podcast. This is Our Auto Expert Radio Show. Our Auto Experts on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can start a conversation with us, ask a car question, just direct messages at Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert is where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily. Uh, not very often I get surprised when I get uh, jaw-dropped, I would say, is the word, but uh, got jaw-dropped recently when I got into a vehicle I have not had the opportunity to test drive and pretty much test drive every brand new vehicle that goes on sale in the United States ever. But somehow, due to uh, scheduling, due to technical uh, happenings, I had not uh, had the ability to test drive the brand new Audi e-tron. And of course, they came out with their second variation of the vehicle just recently, the Sportback. Um, And I got one delivered to my driveway. And holy goodness, what an incredible piece of machinery. In fact, um, I might want to marry this vehicle, just telling you. Joining us... (laughs) Joining us on the phone is uh, is Matt uh, Mustafi. He is from Audi. He is a product manager for the vehicle. Matt, what have you been doing? You've been keeping secrets from me. <laughs> uh, I can't say that I'm surprised by your reaction. It's, it's mainly what we're hearing when people finally get behind the wheel. So uh, I'm happy that you were finally able to experience it and really get to feel what the e-tron's all about. I mean, really, uh, you know, I hear bubbling people about Tesla and about Marky and about this and about that. And... Um, I had seen a brand new e-tron on the road when they first came out, the uh, regular version, not the Sportback, um, in San Diego. And we were driving behind one, and my uh, sales manager from Fox, who was in the car with me, goes, oh, look, there's the first e-tron we've ever seen on the street. We talked about it for a few minutes, and I kind of forgot about it. And uh, Mark Danke, who's a really good friend of mine, who is, of course, your communications uh, head up there at Audi in D.C., um, and I talk regularly, but we just hadn't had the opportunity to get into one. And uh, and then suddenly this opportunity arose. And I said, you know what? For some reason, I have never got into one. So let's get into one. Um, and I watched a bunch of videos uh, uh, about the vehicle and was sort of prepared. Um, heard differing opinions. Some people thought it wasn't very, it was a little slug. It wasn't very balanced and those sort of things. And I have to disagree with that, by the way. Uh, it is probably one of the most incredible vehicles I have ever driven. Um, I think it's so well balanced, you don't even get the feeling of how fast you're going. I mean, you put your foot down, and even though it does 0 to 60 in 5.5 seconds, and when you think about Tesla's doing that in under 2 seconds, I mean, that's much faster, but you just don't notice how quick you go. It's very you know, misconceiving about how fast that vehicle is going. You have no, it's so well sealed and there's so little noise. It's so quiet on the inside. I mean, I'm getting to 80 miles an hour when I had no conception of how fast I was going. It's just incredible. I knew. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Jen knew. I, I, actually, that's not necessarily true. When Jen was in the car with me and I was going fast, I knew how fast I was going because she was dry heaving. <laughs> but let me tell you, um, he is so in love with this vehicle. It is insane. This is, he's been talking about this nonstop. So thank you so much for coming on the air today. <laughs> so she yeah, thinks thank it's going to. Thank you guys for having me. Definitely. She, she thinks it's going to stop now. Uh-uh. Uh, <laughs> me talking about. It. So tell us a little bit about the vehicle. So the Sportback is kind of the coupe version of it of, of the e-tron, right? 
Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, you mentioned, you know, the driving experience and things like that. And I think a common misconception with, you know, a lot of these electric vehicles is, oh, they drive the same. But that's really not the approach that we took here is we really wanted to make this. And I think what you experienced a very comfortable, serene place to be. It is, as you said, very quiet, probably one of the most quiet electric vehicles or vehicles in general uh, on the road today. And, you know, the sport back derivative now just adds a little bit more style to that already beautiful e-tron silhouette so uh, i'm really glad to hear that you you loved it as, as much as we do the technology in the vehicle is pretty outstanding too i mean i, I sit inside i mean i've always sort of given a, a heads up to audi for the technology and maybe even to volvo for the sort of swedishness but you sort of combine combine this like very european smooth high-end styling that maybe has the sort of scandinavian german influence with this amazing high-tech interior yeah, exactly. You have three screens in there. So you have your you know big virtual cockpit screen that you can use to have your Google Maps or whatever you want on there. And then you have the two additional screens in the middle that allow all your infotainment and HVAC and, of course, your Android Auto and your Apple CarPlay. So, um, And then the beauty of it is when you turn the screens off, I mean, just going back to the design of this, it's just completely black panel. It's very smooth, elegant, minimalist, and just looks very, you know, it makes you feel like you're in a very uh, high-end place. In, in my Fox morning piece, I talked about this on this vehicle. It almost looks like the switches on the doors in the center console, they look like they've been milled from like metal, like handcraft. They almost look like they're something you'd see on a luxury yacht. Exactly. And they are for the most part. I mean, those, that's real aluminum and stuff that you're touching in the vehicle, um, real wood pour, open wood pour uh, inlays. Um, and again, just a very uh, strong focus on the attention to detail and the craftsmanship of the car. And I think that's really what separates the e-tron from other you know, vehicles is that we really wanted to make this the most serene place that you could be. And as you said, once you get into it, you don't realize the acceleration, how great it is. You don't realize a lot of the stuff because you're just so insulated from the outside world, and that's exactly what we were going for. Um, you know, it stimulated me to do a couple of things. One thing is right afterwards I went and bought an electric charger to be installed in my house, so that was the first thing I did. Uh, the second thing is, you know, the vehicle that I had, and I know you do this at Audi because you want us to experience every option that these vehicles have. When you send out your press fleet vehicles, you tick every option box because if we don't have some of the things on the vehicle, we can't talk about it. So you want to send the vehicles as fully equipped, much more equipped than most people would buy these vehicles from a dealer lot. And so the price creeps up. You get them, or even though it starts at $67,590 before any kind of tax credit, you creep those prices up and they can get into the $80,000 mark quite easily um, with every box checked. Uh, but it's the first time that I've ever considered spending that sort of money on a vehicle because it has everything you want. And you're probably finding people are spending that sort of money on a vehicle, right? Yeah, exactly. And actually, uh, 2020, even despite the pandemic, we were able to sell more e-trons uh, last year than we did the prior year. So uh, it's certainly, I think once people experience it, they just fall in love like you did. So that's that's our biggest challenge is just getting people to come in and actually test drive the car and see that, you know, going electric is can be very comfortable and smooth and easy. And uh, once they do, they, they typically end up taking that car home. Equivalent to 402 horsepower. How far can I get on a single charge? 
So with the uh, normal e-tron version, you can get 222 EPA uh, estimated miles, certainly depending on weather and your driving habits. Those results uh, will vary for better or worse. Uh, but yeah, it's the, the main thing, though, is again, going back to that whole comfort and convenience, we wanted this vehicle not just to be something that you know you could just putz around town with, but something you could also take on a road trip. So we gave it that 150 kilowatt charging, which means you know you're getting an 80 percent charge on the highway in about 30 minutes. So uh, again, very easy and still a car that you can use as your only vehicle to go on long road trips if you need to. This is just chapter one and two in the story, though. You got a lot more coming. Oh, of course, yeah. So yeah, Etron was first. Etron Sportback was second. Um, just around the corner now, we have the Etron GT, which we'll be uh, unveiling here shortly. And then beyond that, we have the Q4 Etron. So uh, two more electric cars coming this year. And then even beyond that, we have a whole host of other electric cars planned in the next few years. And our goal is really to get um, over 30% of our sales uh, electrified by 2025. So uh, we're working hard on this, and we're certainly you know one of the first out there uh, alongside Tesla making sure that you know, we're leading the way here in, the, in our sustainable future. You know, Tesla, of course, is the benchmark for a lot of people when it comes to electric vehicles. They were one of the early adopters. They don't make any gas vehicles. But ultimately, where they have fallen down is the quality. That's what's really, you know, been tough for them. Um, and they've got knocked for it a lot of times. Are you, are you making sure that you don't have those issues? Oh, absolutely. I mean, the e-tron is built no different than any other Audi that you would expect. So it goes through all of our rigorous quality checks, um, you know, full checks both once it leaves the factory and then again when it arrives here stateside. So uh, you can assure, you can be, you can rest assured that the e-tron you're getting is, is of utmost quality. And then uh, are we still finding eligible eligibility for the, um, the, the tax credits? Absolutely, yeah. So you mentioned that the e-tron starts at just under 66000 and then that's not including the $7,500 federal tax credit. So taking that account into account, actually, uh, the e-tron starts under 60000 with that tax credit. Uh, but beyond that, even, I mean, you mentioned the options that can take up. Really, you can get a really nicely equipped, you know, e-tron with heated seats and virtual cockpit and navigation and all that stuff um, and driver assistance package for under $70,000. So, uh, you factor in the tax credit; it's just over sixty grand for that car, and it's a phenomenal, phenomenal deal, in my opinion. Um, not to be super selfish, but I am being super selfish. When am I going to get a GT in my driveway? Why don't they announce <laughs> it first? Yeah, well, just stop, Jen. <laughs> I said it. you already know when I say not to be super selfish. I'm being super selfish. Exactly. So when, Matt? When am I getting a GT in my driveway? <laughs> I will talk to Mark to make sure that you are at the top of the list. I mean, I, I don't have a problem flying out to D.C. or wherever to, you know, to do a test. I mean, I know no, that. I have a problem with that because then I don't get to see it. Talk about being selfish. You know, you know the, the good thing about you not being in the car when I do my zero to 60 test, I don't have to listen to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. This is not a radio show. Yeah. Talk about me throwing up. <laughs> Let's talk about the beautiful so when, new when, color. When, when will the GTs probably be hitting the press fleet? Uh, so we hope to launch that comer, uh, that vehicle uh, later this summer. So uh, keep your eyes peeled for more information. I cannot wait. I am thrilled. I am honored to be able to have tested the Sportback. I think you have an amazing product there, and I will support it 100%. Uh, Matt, thank you for joining us. The brand-new Audi e-tron is, of course, available in the either Sportback or the regular original Audi e-tron flavors. They are at your Audi dealers. If you haven't test drove one, 
do yourself a favor. This is the best advice I'm going to give you all day. Stand by for more Our Auto Experts. You're listening to Our Auto Expert. Over thousands, tens of thousands of people have downloaded Our Auto Expert podcast and many now stream the show on Our Auto Expert at OurAutoExpert.com. You can join those happy listeners via iHeartRadio, Spotify, the Pandora app, Deezer, Podbean, CastBox, also OurAutoExpert.com. I mentioned that. Hours of endless fun, always there for you. My name is Nick Miles. This is Our Auto Expert radio show. Two million Americans get their automotive news from Our Auto Expert daily. Uh, I'm here with Truck Girl Jen. Lots of interesting things coming up this week. Uh, This week, uh, Elon Musk becomes the world's richest person with a wealth topping $185 billion. And much of that because uh, Tesla shares, I think, strangely enough, the company, uh, I think it's sort of a fake, fake wealth uh, the company's <laughs> shares have gone up immensely. Uh, their product seems to still be the number one electric car around the world, but I'm not sure how long-lived that will be. Uh, their sales do decline quite rapidly, and they have been struggling. Uh, great innovative, in, inventive product, in, innovative product, uh, but unfortunately the quality of the company seems to struggle somewhat. Um, I should also tell you I do own sh- Tesla shares as well, uh, as uh, making that plainly uh, obvious that I am an investor for, as part of Tesla. So I uh, would say that the best-selling cars in every country of the world. This is a map that came out this year. And interestingly enough, I wanted to look through the map and see what those vehicles were. Um, I don't recognize many of the vehicles that are on sale in the world. Of course, in Canada and the United States, the F-Series is the number one. But interestingly enough, let's look at some of the other big countries in the world. The uh, Granta is the number one selling vehicle in Russia. Ever heard of the Granta? Mm-mm. Go look it up. You should look up a picture of the Granta. It is actually a Lada product, which is a Russian car company. It is Horrible. <laughs> I will tell you, Granta is probably Russian for horrible. Um, I, I can't even explain it. Looks like somebody took a piece of modeling clay and just cut a car out of it. Are you looking it up right now? That's it? Yeah. Pretty horrible, isn't it? It looks like a badly designed 1980s Corolla. I was going to say, yeah. It's pretty awful, isn't it? And and put a fusion kind of mixed in there, a little Ford Fusion. Yeah, just awful. <laughs> and and just maybe I'm honestly I'm I do apologize, Russia, if I'm being nasty, but it's it's the uh, it's the, different. The, in China, it's the La Vida. Um, same kind of story there, except worse. Looks worse than the Granta <laughs> in Russia. Is that possible? Yes, it is. Chinese have designed a worse vehicle. Let's talk about wow. who is the number one all over the world. Well, Toyota products, interesting enough. If you look around the Hilux, which we don't really get here in the United States, we get a sort of version of the Hilux. If you look at the, uh, and I own one of these, the GX460, uh, which is a Lexus product, it's built on the Hilux platform. Are you looking at the, uh, which one are you looking at now? Um, actually, is it Brazil? Yeah, Brazil. That's actually the Onyx? Chevrolet. Yeah, it's yeah. an Onyx. It's, it's a version of a Chevy. Mm-hmm. So and Toyota is the number one brand around the world. Skoda is the second brand around the world, which I think is a VW product. 
Darker, Renault, Ford, Hyundai, Volkswagen, Chevrolet. Uh, they are the brands. But uh, you look at some strange countries. The number one in, in the UK, what is it? Ford Fiesta. Interesting. RAV4 Iceland, Model 3 in Norway, Volvo V60 in Sweden. Not super surprised at that. Uh, the Egi in Turkey. I'm just interested in looking at the T-Series in Egypt. I'm just trying to find vehicles I don't know. Hilux, Pride. Australia. Most of South Africa is the Hilux, the Land Cruiser in a lot of places. Hilux Sportage. Land Cruiser uh, is a lot of the, the world. Um, what's the Sandero in Algeria? The Sandero and the Docker in Morocco. Like, I've never heard of the, the Docker. Have you heard of the Alto? Uh, I think it's a, is it a Fiat, an Alto? Look at that. What about Pride? It's it's very interesting. The Pride is a. I looked it up already. I can't oh, remember. the Alto Suzuki. Oh yeah, Suzuki do a really well. Suzuki do really do. well in a lot of countries. Uh, Prius is number one in Japan. That's interesting to me. No, not to me. Really? Uh-uh. Why uh uh When I was in Japan, I didn't see a lot of Prius. Uh, I feel like I didn't see a lot of Prius. When I was in Tokyo, and there's a lot of delivery, little electric delivery vehicles in Tokyo. Mm. Toyota does really, really well around the world. Yeah, they it's have. very, very well. So it's just interesting to look at what vehicles... When we think of America as the pinnacle of our existence, which it is. I mean, that's where most of the world's wealth is. That's where most of us live. Um, there are We do have listeners from all over the world, but most of us live in North America. And most of our listeners from Florida to uh, New York to Southern California to Canada, we all live in North America. Um, you know, we, we're very familiar with the F-Series, but uh, that's our number one car. But then to look around the world and just sort of get this idea, Hyundai Accent, number one in, uh, in the Middle East, in certain parts of the Middle East. It's, oh, it's just super interesting. The Octavia. That's a Skoda. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's it's really nice. Bad. It's not a bad vehicle. I no. would. I, I look at the Octavia and go, yeah, you know, that looks a little bit maybe like an Alpha. Oh, it's a wagon. They got you know, a wagon. They have a wagon version of it. Yes, yes. and we know you love wagons. Uh, Clio is in France, the Renault Clio, the Lyon. Renault. 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 If I had say. one. <laughs> Could you see over the steering wheel? Yes, actually. Just just it just check. wouldn't shut off. We're just going to get, okay. <laughs> say bad things about Renault. No, it was great. Uh, yeah, it's just very interesting to look at this map of what people buy around. I'm trying to worldify people and make people understand that we are a very small part of the world. Well, and, and when most people think about international cars, they think of more sports cars, you know. Well, that's because those are the international cars we get here in the United States. Well, not like but it's, it's interesting to look. Golf is the number one car in Germany and Austria. Those type of things. And RAV4 is also very, very big in Scandinavia. RAV4 is number one car in Iceland. Did I mention that? I think mm -hmm. I said that already. So it's yep. just, and there's a lot of countries where you, we don't know what the number one car is because they don't keep good records. Most of Africa, it's, it's not obvious what car is the number one. Angola, it's the Land Cruiser. Land Cruiser is really big in a lot of Africa, but there's huge, vast spans of Africa that we just don't know. They don't really have dealers, and people build their own cars, and they get cars from different parts of Africa. And this one surprises me. What, the Hyundais, the Accents? In Saudi Arabia. Yeah, Tucson, T-Series, Tucson, Frontier. Yeah, and, and it's really where the dealership uh, dealerships are. Mm. South America, Toyota and, and Chevrolet we pretty much have it sewed up. South America. The L200 in Chile, I have no idea what that is. 
Oh, I'll look it's it up interesting. for you. Oh, the, oh, the Qwid. K-W-I-D. Has anyone ever heard of a car called a Qwid? It sounds to me like a disease. I have Qwid. <laughs> Here it is. How are you treating that with cream? <gasps> Ooh, it's that's a cute. Is it? See, there's a whole world of cars out there that look you Look at didn't that know color. About. All right. We're going to talk about a great car coming up. Uh, the QX50 from Infinity. We drove it to the studio today. Mm-hmm. It's very plush and very sexy. Uh-huh. And uh, probably too much for Jen. And we're going to put a black plastic bag over the seat so we can ride back and it's not dirty. I love you, Nick. I love you more. Coming up, QX50 from Infinity. Stand by. More to come on Our Auto Expert. You're listening to the Our Auto Expert Podcast. Locally created, nationally celebrated from the Northwest and Southeast, this is the World's Car Radio Show. If it has a throttle, we'll feature it on air, online, on smartphone or on smart speaker. This is our auto expert, where two million Americans get their automotive news daily. I'm your host, Nick Miles, along with truck girl, Jen. Today, we rode over in the brand new Infiniti QX50. Mm-hmm. Um, Jen, uh, we had to put plastic down on the seats we because it's not. too nice for either of us to be on the inside. It's just a little bit too plush. It too common to ride in something so luxurious. Very beautiful car. It is. Uh, suede, wood, metal, leather. Um, you know, I feel like I maybe have. They're probably going to have to sell it at a discount, the test model that we had on the way over. Why? Uh, just because, you know, we've dirted the inside. <laughs> it's too plush. I feel like I sat in some kind of royal <laughs> throne on the way over almost so much. Oh, no. Uh, Jeff Pope is the vice president for Infinity Americas. He's joining us on the phone to talk about the new, uh, the new vehicle. But before we get to Jeff, let's tell you a little bit about the new Infinity QX50. The uh, QX50 was completely redesigned for 2019 model year, continues to be redefined and uh, refined for 2021. It adds a number of enhancements, including the addition of standard content on various grade levels. Uh, for example, there is a wider range available uh, of navigation, pro pilot assist, heads up display, traffic sign recognition, intelligent cruise control, lane departure, uh, prevention, and of course, blind spot intervention. So there is a lot going on in this vehicle, but to tell us more and to delve deep into this vehicle is of course Jeff Pope. So Jeff, thank you for having you on. I think uh, October 17th was the last time we got a chance to talk to you. Presuming you had a good uh, Christmas and New Year break and you're ready to get back to it for 2021. Absolutely. Glad to see 2020 behind us and uh, thanks for having me on, Nick. So uh, did you, when you decided to uh, do the redefines and redesigns or mild refreshes for 2021 for this vehicle, did you expect common folk like Jen and I to be sitting in such a luxurious vehicle? Yeah, that's a great question because uh, you you are definitely sitting in the top of the line QX50. And uh, I love hearing your comments, though, Nick, because that's exactly what we hope you got out of that vehicle is when you sit inside that autograph version of the QX50, uh, you should feel exactly what you stated. It's just gorgeous on the inside. There's multiple materials. You know, normally when you sit in a luxury vehicle or premium vehicle, you expect to see wood, leather, and metal. But 
we got the experience of multiple different materials, including suede and other things, or it may be Alcantara. I haven't checked the build sheet on it, but it's it's <laughs> almost like there is, you guys looked at every surface and decided what would fit best on that surface. Yeah, I think sometimes you get uh, a little concerned by putting multiple uh, surfaces into the interior of a vehicle, but when you sit inside QX50, I think you understand that it works. Uh, it all flows together. It doesn't compete with each other. It kind of works with each other, and uh, it just gives you a seamless luxury experience inside. It wasn't so much, too, uh, when you're looking at it, but when you feel it, you can tell that's genuine wood. Yeah, That's right. Pretty. That's right. And, and the suede is just an amazing touch. Uh, you know, get, jumping into those driver assistance technologies, uh, when I tell people that 70% of all of those passive and active driver assistance technologies that are on the modern car came out of the Nissan group, which is of course includes Infinity, there's quite a surprise. But those things like the bird's eye view camera, they all came out of Nissan technology centers and now they're on every car in that segment. So you guys continue to march forward in bringing all those technologies and you've done the same, of course, with the QX50. You still plow huge amounts and as standard of those driver assistance technologies into those vehicles. Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, it's one of the things I'm most proud about in this brand is that we've been an industry leader when you talk about technologies uh, dating back well over a decade. Uh, and on QX50 specifically, it's not just the creation of the technologies, it's how we implement them in our vehicles. And you stated it perfectly. QX50, we have grades pure, luxe, sensory, and autograph. But every grade has most of the standard technologies, lane departure warning, blind spot warning, cross-traffic alert, predictive forward collision alert, forward emergency braking. That's all standard on every QX50 you purchase. And if you just step up to the second grade of Lux, you get a whole slew of others. That's your distance control, your blind spot intervention, lane departure prevention, cruise control, and the one you mentioned, which was ProPilot Assist, all standard and Lux and above. I like to, It's for me, it's interesting when we think about what you guys do outside of the box because where other other automakers and there's nothing necessarily wrong with this but they look at their surroundings and they look at what they can see almost with the radar and the physical eye but Nissan took a slightly different approach and they started to look at not just the car in front but you glanced around that car in front and you started to look at two cars in front because quite often if the car in front can't stop in time because the car ahead of that has a problem, you want to be pre-warned about that traffic problem. So it started to not just be what is around the car, but what is around the car that is around the car almost. Yeah, absolutely. You're spot on. It's, it's amazing. You know, people get concerned about technology taking over, but what technology does in our vehicles is assist the driver. It's to make the driver more confident, more controlled, and uh, really have a better and more enjoyable experience. A lot of times uh, you, when you introduce the variable compression engine, this is another interesting thing. A lot of people, uh, you know, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't deliver quite what people thought it would deliver, um, the power that they thought it would deliver, but it, it's not the same as you'd expect uh, an engine to be. So the power is absolutely there, but it delivers it in a quite a slight different way because the engine is kind of reading what it needs to do and it does it, but not quite in the same way. So I'm finding I'm getting the power I need. 
not quite delivered in the way that I expect perhaps a, a turbocharged straightforward engine it delivers that power it gets to me as i need it um, but it doesn't suck the gas tank dry as i you know as some of the other most powerful engines do so what you've done is provided me with the get up and go that i need but not sucking the gas tank dry and this is a technology that we're only now seeing on your cars and other people yet to have embraced the variable compression engine correct yeah, it's it's again another world's first technology, right? It automatically changes the engine's compression ratio for performance and maximizing the economy. So you hit it. It's going to learn as you go along as well. So you are going to get that power. It still allows for 268 horsepower, um, but when you don't need it, it will maximize the economy and the fuel efficiency of the vehicle. Um, I always love my amount of power in my vehicle, but when you do that, you know, I see some stats where you can empty a fuel tank in 12 minutes if you put your foot on the floor of vehicles. And then sure. I start to worry. And, and, you know, these powerful vehicles that do over 700 horsepower, you know, when when you find out that they do, yeah, you'd, it's great to have a vehicle that does over 700 horsepower. You never use that amount of uh, gas. But then what happens is when you have such a huge engine, you find you get eight miles a gallon. And so the idea is that you can get the horsepower, obviously not 700, but you can get the horsepower and the moving when you need it. But at the same time, uh, nobody wants to be going to the gas station twice a week, three times a week, four times a week. You want to do it once a week uh, and try and use less gas if that's a possibility. Uh, and when you look at these vehicles, you're trying to, I, I think, and I'm just guessing myself here, you're trying to make sure that the family finds what they're looking for all around in a vehicle, but just then delivering slightly more than a regular vehicle. Is that right? That's right. That's exactly right. And, uh, you know, it's, it's all about the combination of the package. So when you talk about having the appropriate engine and powertrain in there to deliver what you need, we talked about how gorgeous the car is and all the technologies that are there to help you. One thing I don't make sure you do in a car too, Nick, is when you uh, get the opportunity is make sure you jump in the back in the second row. Uh, I know, you know, sometimes when you look at a vehicle like this, it could look a lot smaller than it actually is. But when you get inside of it, it actually is quite spacious. And especially one of the things I'm most proud about, we talked about all those other things, yet it still has utility. And that's There's a sliding second row in there right, that, that allows you to either make the leg room better in, in, the, in the second row or to make your cargo capacity bigger, depending on what you need. That's interesting you say that because I saw the stat that you can get three golf uh, golf bags in the back. Not that I play golf, but um, to be able to, to get three golf bags in the back, it seems unusual for a, a vehicle that's in this class. Yeah, and, and that's exactly what we've been able to set it up to. So having the utility associated with everything else, um, I think just really makes us a fantastic vehicle. And it's one of the reasons why we've won Consumer Guide's Best Buy Award for the third year in a row. Oh, nice. I like it when people win awards. I know it takes up shelf space, but I'm sure that's shelf space you're willing to pay for. Let's, let's, <laughs> ask, a, to take it. <laughs> let, let's ask about uh, pricing availability, the, the, uh, these vehicles, uh, dealerships, and how much do they start at? Yeah, I think uh, when you start talking about these vehicles, the, the vehicle you're, you're driving right now is about $56,000. So that is our top-of-the-line luxury vehicle, but you can be in the mid-40s in that vehicle and have a very sound $45,000 to $50,000 has all the bells and whistles that you need. And with, avail you know, with a pandemic, what's availability like? Uh, we're in good shape right now. So... Uh, we've come out of the pandemic fairly strong. Our production is working at full capacity. 
so you should have a good complement of vehicles to choose from at any of your Infinity dealers that you visit. I find that very stimulating, the fact that you can get into a vehicle which is so nice for that sort of price, and the idea is great as well. Um, um, why spend that sort of money and not get the, this amount of luxury on the inside of the vehicle? The autograph is absolutely great. I promise I won't put my dogs in the back. In fact, I promise I won't even. <laughs> I, I'll only take the plastic sheeting off of the she, off of the seats when I film it, just to make sure that it there you go. It looks uh, absolutely beautiful for the cameras. Uh, Jeff Pope, of course, always great to have you on the show. Congratulations on such a great vehicle. Definitely gets my award for the most luxurious inside and one of the most dynamic driving. And don't forget. Wi-Fi is also available. You're listening to Our Auto Expert. Catch up with previous episodes of the show. Our website is ourautoexpert.com where you can hear all past shows, see automotive videos, and read insider car stories about your next ride. Our Auto Expert is where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily. You'll find it all at ourautoexpert.com. Nick Miles, a truck girl, Jen here. Uh, so, uh, recently, uh, we got to test drive the brand new Lexus ES all-wheel drive. Jen, you got to drive it? I did. I fell in love with this car right away. 10 feet? How, how far do you drive <laughs> it? Yeah, yeah, 25 feet. 25 feet? Yeah, but and still. Do you feel like you could write an automotive review after a 25 yes, foot I drive? Yes, I can. Oh, God. <laughs> That's what we're down to in this country. We're in trouble. Uh, Uh. Maggie Donovan joining us from uh, Lexus. She is uh, from Lexus Product Marketing to talk about this vehicle. Hooray! The ES gets an all-wheel drive. Uh, Maggie, is this the first time that uh, Lexus have an ES all-wheel drive? Hi, Nick. Thank you for having me. Yes, this is the first ever all-wheel drive model for ES. So we're really excited to be expanding the ES family. So originally the ES was a front-wheel drive vehicle and it's super successful with front-wheel drive, but now all-wheel drive, you really open it up to people above the Mason-Dixon line who really want to be able to drive this vehicle in all weathers, including snow, um, you know, mild. I wouldn't be taking it out in nasty snowy weather, Mm -hmm. but, uh, you know, in sort of inclement weather. But it also really improves the handling in sort of rain and uh, in, in cornering as well. It doesn't just improve it in bad weather, but it improves the handling overall, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's funny you mentioned above the Mason-Dixon line. I've actually, um, I've been road tripping quite a bit since the pandemic, and I just encountered a pretty um, intense winter snowstorm on the way to Cincinnati, Ohio, where I'm from. But the ES all-wheel drive is absolutely great because if you encounter that snowy rainy situation, um, you're just going to get a ton more traction and better handling, not even in that snowy situation, but on on calm um, scenarios as well. So it's really an all great, well-rounded vehicle. Another benefit of the all-wheel drive system um, that I'm not sure too many people know about is the improved fuel economy you get. So the combined and highway um, City MPG is 28, and that's actually two miles better than our 350. So in addition to the all-wheel drive benefits, you get the handling benefits and that improved MPG. 
I don't mind getting extra miles on a fuel of gas. I'll tell you, if you want to throw a couple extra miles my way, I'm, you know, buying gas to me is something I hate to have to do. I mean, we all hate to have to do it as well. It comes with a nice uh, a number of safety systems. And as the years go by, you guys keep in increasing the number of safety systems. And for, uh, you know, you've upped the number of safety systems in this vehicle uh, in the last generations or so to make it uh, um, even more safer than it has been ever in the past, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yes, all-wheel drive comes with Lexus Safety System Plus 2.0, which is really best in class um, for this vehicle. So it's definitely a plus in addition to the all-wheel drive system. And that, uh, that of course, does the things that we all want it to do, including the uh, the standard blind spot monitoring and rear cross-traffic alert, uh, those type of things. You forget in a sedan, it's not so bad in an SUV, but when you drive a sedan, and I do this all the time, I back out of parking spaces like uh, I'll go to Home Depot to get some some little pieces of hardware and I back out of a, a, a parking space. And so many times people will see your backup lights come on, your reverse lights, but they don't stop. They yeah. don't stop with their shopping carts, and it really helps when you have that uh, cross-traffic alert. The re- you know, then it, it beeps at you, and it helps you let you know. It tells you that somebody's walking behind your vehicle. That always helps me. Yeah, I, absolutely, absolutely. That's definitely needed um, in a sedan, and the ES all-wheel drive delivers that. I, I will tell you too. When you park at Home Depot, and 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 tends to be all Lowe's or wherever you shop for home improvement stuff. I always end up parking between two big trucks. And I was waiting for you know, that. It's Jen on one side and Jen yes. on the other side. And as I'm backing out, you can never see anything. And of course, people are, are rude. As just uh, I'm generally, not. yes, you are. No. And uh, as you back out, then you, you, you know, they just don't stop. And so uh, I've saved myself several shopping cart dings because uh, they don't pay attention either. Uh, and I think it's all because because we haven't got a good mask that doesn't fog up people's glasses yet. So that's probably why they just they just carry on anyway. Um, still quite luxurious and quite a lot of fun in this vehicle as well. I mean, you guys have continued to deliver sort of luxury at a non-luxury price, haven't you, on the interior? Oh, my gosh, absolutely. And that was really important to us um, for the all-wheel drive model. Um, you'll find that the all-wheel drive price is the same as the 350 price. We really wanted um, the choice between all-wheel drive and the 350 to be more about, you know, needs and customer preference. Um, And so we're moving that uh, potential price increase that you typically see with all-wheel drive models just made it sure that, that it was more about the customer decision and their needs and what they're looking for in their next sedan. But also, um, Nick, to your point, I mean, ES is just known for such a smooth, quiet, really plush interior. Um, it, it gets a lot of cues from our flagship sedan, the LS. And so just to add all-wheel drive onto all of the, the ES signatures um, really is going to give customer a, a nice offering with all-wheel drive. I think you guys have done a great job in uh, in this vehicle, and it's sort of it's got to the stage now where it's uh, so well refined. It's going to be hard to find what you're going to do to refine it even more in the future without completely redesigning it because it's got great driving dynamics. It looks absolutely amazing. It has so many safety features, and now with all-wheel drive, I think you might have hit the wall. You're probably going to have to come up with I don't know. It's going to have to fly next time you redesign it because. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, you've done such a good job. Uh, let's talk about availability. Are they on dealer lots, and how much do they cost starting price? 
Yes, they are on dealer lock right now. Um, and starting price, they're at $39,900, same price as three fifty. All right. I'm sure you can get a good deal on them because uh, sedans are the hot ticket right now. If you want to get a good price on sedans, they're on dealer lots right now. I will tell you, it is always an absolute amazing pleasure to have you on the air with us, Maggie. You do a great job as uh, walking us through what's new. So a brand new all-wheel drive version of the uh, Lexus ES uh, for 2021. And you go test drive it. I, uh, I spent a week in it. I have to tell you, it's quite delicious as well. When we come back, we're going to give you a round table look all over Europe at how the electric car sales are doing. Yes, there are cars that are sold out in Europe. You can't get them. Does that mean when they come to the United States is the only place you can buy them? No, because they're not bringing them to the United States. We'll have more coming up on our Auto Expert. You're listening to the Our Auto Expert Podcast. Catch up with previous episodes of the show. Our website is OurAutoExpert.com. You can hear all past shows, see automotive videos, and read insider car stories about your next ride. Our Auto Expert is where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily. You'll find it all at OurAutoExpert.com. He joins us every single week uh, on the air. He is an independent analyst and investor. He can be read at the street or SeekingAlpha.com, and he is probably the most influential and well-read person uh, that we found... uh, on the web as far as autonomous and uh, independent electric vehicles are concerned, especially when it comes to business and sales. Uh, Anton Woolman joining us on the phone. Uh, Anton, uh, Volkswagen dominated the uh, European EV sales charts in 2020 with the ID3, which only started deliveries in September. Uh, not coming to the United States, are they still on sale, or has the ID3 uh, exhausted Volkswagen supplies? Yeah, so just to uh, make sure we have the background right here, Nick, uh, Europe uh, instituted these quotas effectively for CO2 emissions that took into effect at the beginning of 2020, and Volkswagen had initially planned on having the ID3 on sale in Europe at the beginning of 2020. As it turns out, a variety of software quirks and issues delayed the actual deliveries in Europe until about the middle of September. But when they finally did begin in the middle of September, uh, it was an absolute riot between them and the end of the year. Uh, Volkswagen ended December with enormous deliveries just in the last few weeks of December and uh, dominated the sales charts in a major way in almost every country in Europe for which we have now started to get uh, data here in the last handful of days. So this is a very major move for Volkswagen and of course as we all know behind the ID3 comes the ID4 which also will be arriving in the United States here later in the spring. So it's interesting to see that Volkswagen are doing so absolutely well with uh, with their vehicles. Uh, the ID4 and the ID3, of course, the ID4, which uh, you just said, comes to the United States. Do we have any idea that the ID4 and 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 any idea about when it might be, uh, or how many people might be ordering it in the United States? Do we have pre-sales? Because I know it, it did have some pre-sale numbers here in the United States. Yeah, Volkswagen, back last August when they uh, sort of announced the delivery schedule in the U.S., which was supposed to start also here at Christmas, but they postponed it by about a quarter, so we should be seeing it closer to March. They were very reluctant to uh, commit to any meaningful 
numbers. So we should assume that the numbers that will be made available for the U.S. and Canada are going to be relatively small, just a few thousand units. However, just a few days ago, about a week ago, there were some rumblings that Volkswagen was going to make available another batch, as they called it, of uh, these first, um, we call them the first uh, uh, batch deliveries with a loaded uh, kind of a launch edition model. So whatever they had in mind last August, it's going to be a few more, but it's still a fairly small number. And in Europe, it was only in one country in Europe that they started delivering them two weeks before the end of the year, and that was in the Netherlands. In about uh, three, four, five weeks from now, they're going to start delivering them in Germany and a handful of other countries. And uh, as far as I'm hearing over there, they're all spoken for over there. And I think the wait list in the United States, too, is pretty much full at this point. All right, let's talk about the rest of Europe as far as the sales of electric cars are concerned. Uh, you know, we've talked, obviously, about Volkswagen. And I, I, we did have a segment earlier in the show where we talked about uh, vehicles sold around the world. There is a map that showed up this uh, this last week or so. It looks at which vehicle was the number one in each country. Um, I hasten to add that uh, 90% of them, although I may know the parent company like Lada or Isuzu or uh, GM, I've very rarely heard of many of the vehicles that are on sale. I mean, obviously some I've heard of like the Hilux, etc. But it seems like electric vehicles are really only on uh, uh, winning as the number one vehicle in Norway and Sweden. Uh, When we talk about the rest of Europe, uh, they're still ramping up to switch to electric power and when we talk about the rest of the world we're a long way from there but when we see Europe they're still pushing forward with switching to electric power with all those new uh, legal uh, ramifications that came in last year Uh, it's still a climb uphill for electrification and how is that going and who is winning and where are they winning? Yeah, so uh, because of various delays among many of the automakers, the most notable case was the one we talked about earlier, the Volkswagen ID3, and that pushed really all of their programs uh, back uh, a little bit, all of them. And uh, uh, that's why uh, many of these deliveries took place pretty late in 2020, and I think Volkswagen may end up having to pay some fines for this. Mercedes came out and said that they actually met their targets by the end of the year, which came as a result of uh, overall efficiency across the fleet in combination with the EQC, which has been on sale for more than a full year now, as well as the EQV, which we will not be seeing anytime soon in the United States. That's the Metris uh, van, the kind of the right. minivan. I think it's made in Spain, and it actually was one of the best-selling EVs in Spain in the last two months. So uh, uh, it's chalk one up for the home market there. So, yeah, that's the issue is that uh, in Europe, these mandates have kicked in. They're becoming ever harder in 2021. But then again, there will also be many more of these models coming in 2021. And as you correctly pointed out, Nick, there are so many of these uh, both brands and nameplates that are simply unheard of for the North American audience because uh, something like Opel or Peugeot, Citroën, uh, none of those ever make it to the United States. Uh, Seat and Skoda, of course, owned by Volkswagen, same thing there. So there are a lot of vehicles that are selling extremely well in the European theater that uh, most Americans uh, look at the U.S. if you had three heads, if you uh, talk to them about it. Right. Stepping back just a little bit, whether we like it or not, 
there is a government change coming to the United States, and that government change will result in government policy changes. Maybe not as fast as they would have been if we didn't have a pandemic, but they are inevitable, and those changes could mean some changes in what we expect out of our automotive industry. But does that mean a change for electric vehicles and alternative fuel vehicles in the United States? What are you expecting? I think that's almost a given. The question is just really how much and how far and using what policy tools uh, will there be actual government subsidies, such as the tax credits that uh, are in place now and have gone away for a couple of the manufacturers, such as General Motors and Tesla? Or will there be simply mandates on the automakers that they must uh, sell a certain mix of vehicles? Will there be outright bans on non-electric vehicles by a certain date? Uh, those things have yet to be hammered out, but I think that we will be seeing uh, some clear policy indications on this very, very soon. I don't think we're talking months from now. I think that within the next few weeks, we're going to start uh, seeing proposed legislative changes in Washington, D.C. that will uh, address this specific area for sure. So I think that the question is just how far, how fast, and how much uh, will the hammer lay down on uh, on the industry to force the consumer to buy electric-only cars. I think that's uh, pretty much a given. Uh, let's talk about the uh, Audi e-tron. Uh, you know, it is the supreme vehicle in Europe for 2020, right? Yes, we're talking about the premium EV space, kind of above the $65,000 equivalent area. Uh, the Audi e-tron, and of course there are two versions of this one, mainly in terms of body style, minor variants of each other. There's one called a Sportback, which has that sort of uh, less practical rear end. The two of them combined completely dominated uh, the European premium EV sales charts in 2020. I mean, nobody was even remotely close. I mean, Audi outsold the Tesla Model S and the Model S combined many, many times over. The Jaguar I-Pace was far behind. The Mercedes EQC was far behind. So uh, by a very, very wide margin, I mean, nobody comes close to Audi in terms of the luxury or premium, at least, European uh, EV space uh, for the last 12 months. Uh, let's talk about the future of Jaguar and their iPace. So, you know, to recap this, they were one of the first people to market. They don't actually make the iPace themselves. It's made by a third party for them, but it is their design. It is their creation. It was one of the first vehicles to come to market as far as a luxury uh, electric vehicle was concerned. Quite innovative when it came to market. A lot of fun to drive. Not necessarily as most uh, technical advanced as it could be, uh, when, especially when some of the other vehicles came to market. However, uh, a great attempt at a first vehicle, um, but it's a little long in the tooth now. Where does the future of Jaguar lie with their iPace and what's expected to happen and what is happening? Yeah, Nick, I remember when you and I were in Portugal in June of 2018 and we drove it for the first time. And uh, I think in terms of the styling, the exterior styling, this vehicle clearly uh, is still absolutely one of the most beautiful things on the road. But uh, you're right that some other things just pertaining to the infotainment and in terms of the AC charging speeds, they were a bit behind uh, some of the other EVs that were coming out, both Tesla, of course, as well as the Audi e-tron, which came a few months later. And now there's a mid-cycle refresh for the uh, Jaguar pace, but they're not addressing what doesn't need to be addressed, namely the exterior styling, but they improved the charging speeds and they put in a whole new infotainment system that is far snappier and better and better software and just reacts faster. So I think what Jaguar has done is that they have 
really improved upon this product nicely. And this product started deliveries in Europe, I think, toward the end of October. And we saw in the monthly sales charts in November and December that the Jaguar I-Pace sold more units than they essentially had done since inception in the uh, about the third quarter of 2018 when deliveries started in Europe. Excellent. Well, we'll look forward to seeing uh, that uh, that new vehicle. It's uh, hopefully they'll update the guts of the vehicle, which I think are great. It was it's a great drive, and we had fun driving it around uh, the racetrack there in Portugal. I'm hoping to uh, see a new version very soon, but we're probably not due for another couple of years. Uh, Anton Wallman, independent investor and analyst, great guy. Check his stuff out at the street and seeking Alpha. Uh, he has great insights into the industry. More coming up. Stand by. Here we go. You're listening to Our Auto Expert. Over 10,000 people downloaded Our Auto Expert podcast and many more stream Our Auto Expert podcast. Join the happy listeners by iHeartRadio, Spotify, Pandora app, Deezer podcast, and of course, CastBox. Uh, OurAutoExpert.com is where you can find it as well. Hours of endless fun await you. I'm Nick Miles, and this is Our Auto Expert radio show. Two million Americans get their automated news from OurAutoExpert.com. Um, I was happy enough to be able to watch the world premiere of the 2022 Acura MDX. It made its world debut on December the 8th. It is the America's all-time best-selling three-row luxury SUV. It gets its most dramatic and by far reaching redesign in 20 years. It's bold on the inside and out. It's Acura's flagship, of course. It is the most premium performance and technology SUV uh, built in Acura's history. The old versions with the super handling all-wheel drive I took for a spin um, around uh, the Dirtfish track at Nuwapa's Mudfest uh, three or f- three years ago, two years ago, and Four even years then, ago. Uh, you know, 100 years ago, <laughs> I'm old. And uh, it was so much fun. Even back then, the super handling all-wheel drive made the MDX an absolute outstanding piece of machinery, I have to tell you. Uh, so it's always been a great vehicle for them. And uh, it's been a good luxury piece of machinery. I mean, there's just no way that they have ever um, had a bad version of this vehicle. Um, it's And, of course, uh, I know that uh, our sales guys at the TV station has always been the vehicle of choice for them to, to have an MDX. Uh, just because it's been the price range where they want it, uh, it's been the kind of vehicle that they want, it's just been a good piece of performance machinery as well. And, of course, Acura is Honda's luxury side, their luxury brand, so it's been uh, reliable. I mean, you know, these are the sort of vehicles that have great resale value as well, mm-hmm. great technology. And uh, it's been perfect for all of those, too. Have you ever owned a Honda? No. Have you ever owned an Acura? Nope. We have. I got something on you now. So, is that, did, I, did I just get the golf clap? You sure did. Wow. I feel a little bit like I just got uh, belittled. Somehow. No, not at all. They're nice vehicles. Well, what's this? I was proud of you, Nick. Oh, really? That's is that when you I'm said your kid, you. thanks, Mom, I did it myself? Yeah. Yay for you. <laughs> <laughs> of course, the, you know, the resale value is really important. I can't. I keep telling people resale value is really, really important. The other mm-hmm. thing I always question about is people buy these big Suburbans. It's great to have a Suburban, but if you have two kids, 
Um, if you have a great suburban and you have two kids, why uh, and you never put anything in the third row, unless you're hauling a bunch of stuff, I think three rows are great, but my my vehicle is I never, I think I once have had people in three rows. Well, I think it The third row is never up, let's be honest. Okay, well, it just depends. I mean, do they have dogs? How, how much, do they go have back friends? to your truck, how much have you ever hauled in the bed of I your truck? I always haul stuff. Once every five years, Jen. No. Once every five years. No. Once every five years, no. do you haul stuff in the bed of your truck? Paint. I did. Which could go in the trunk or the cab. No. I just fix my fence. You don't fence. need a third row to haul paint if you were having the third no, row. No, I do trucks. So I put stuff in the bed of the truck. But it's like Didn't I else? just help you? I hauled stuff for you. Yeah, to the dump one uh -huh. day. It's because I didn't have a truck and my truck's been, oh, my truck's right. been fixed. Exactly. And it's done. Is it done? Yeah, you told, me, you told me it was No, done. I said it's supposed to be this week. Oh. They haven't told, called me back yet. All right. So, no, I, I do use it, trust me. All right. Well, that should be good. Um, you know, there you go. Well, so I, I was very proud to see that Acura MDX. And we're going to have someone in the future on to talk about that Acura MDX. So The prototype. We had someone talk about the prototype. Yeah. Which I'm very excited that the MDX is supposed to come out the summer of 2021 for you know, if, if you look at stats of where people use their vehicles for, I think I think this is the thing with Americans, right? Turn my microphone. What, so the bigger the better? Yeah, but everybody <laughs> likes, they don't use capability, they like to have it. So it's like Range Rover owners. Mm -hmm. We all like to know that our Range Rover and our Land Rover can go off road and we can traverse my Bronco. Perfect example. Oh, yeah, like you'll ever take it in the dirt. I will probably <laughs> once a year take it on something that my car a, can't manage a gravel road. No, it'll be a little more. <laughs> But I'll probably once, I'll go to the Bronco Rally or I'll go somewhere that yeah. I'll need it yeah. once a year. Most owners won't do what I do, and that's because I'm a car guy. Right. So most people won't be able to do that. Well, most people spend a lot of money on their vehicles. and they Because don't wanna... they want to know if it snows and they have to get out of their driveway to go get to Starbucks. Once in a while, they'll do it. But it's like the third row. It's always How, unless you do Unless you do school runs, which you could do quite well in a Chrysler minivan. How often would you actually need a four by four? I know we need, I know we want them. I know we feel better about having a truck. I know little Jen, who's not quite five foot, loves to have a truck, which is 50 times the size of something she needs and complain about her gas bill. Uh-uh, not complaining. Uh, nope. Well, you, you, no. you, like to com you like to complain when you have the uh, opportunity to. Just to But you. we like to have it just <laughs> in case, just in case, once every five years we need to tow our boat out of the garage. No, okay. And we need to put one can. Time out. One can. Time of, out. Of small can of paint Time and a brush out. in the back on occasions. I am a single person. Yes. I have... I. I have one You're not vehicle. winning this argument right now. I have Carry one on. vehicle that yes. I can have everything. You have three vehicles. Everything. Two you can have. Two. Everything I need. I yes. can haul. I can yeah. tow. Yes. Yes. And, and how often I... do you haul and tow? I Okay, I haven't Once tow every five years. Mm. You've towed your boat out once five years ago. And I towed my parents' neighbors out of the mud. Once in... Ten years? So what? I have the capability. That, I can help. That's my point. Exactly. My point is Americans don't do it, but they want the ability. I, it's like my dad has a three-row minivan uh -huh. that he is sitting in his driveway, and my sister comes from England once every three years, and he lets her borrow the van for so so the family can go around it. He would be better off selling the van and renting a Chrysler Pacifica once every three years for two weeks that she's here 
and having a nice fresh minivan, and he would save ninety percent of the money that he spent. Okay, on but that now van. he has a dog. Yeah, so they that's need more different. Room. He has a he has an SUV that the dog can go I in, and he takes the dog in the Mazda CX five. But so what? It's everybody. Everybody's allowed to pick their own vehicle. You are, yes, they are. I'm not and saying they should. But like but you, I'm, I'm like that gets if a we new were thinking, every week. if we were thinking with our proper brains, no. and not that we want this brains because we might occasionally need. Oh, it. okay. So the I, the luxury vehicles like the Lamborghinis and the Corvettes and all that. No, I'm not saying we shouldn't have them. I'm saying okay. if we did what we needed. We wouldn't do what then, we should. Okay, if I did what I needed, it would just be a sports car. <laughs> it's just You'd me. You'd probably be happier with a just sports me. car. Just me. I wouldn't need to tow anything. Then I'd have to call my dad and have him haul stuff for me. Have him haul stuff Stuff. Stuff for me. I'm just saying, you've completely made a point for me in this, in, in the, how long we've been doing this show? I just say, America, do what you want to do. How long have we been doing this? Yes, we should happy. always do what you do. Man's freedom and independence is the one thing we have more than anything else. How long have we been doing this show? How many years? Too seven? long. Seven years? I can't remember. Seven years? At least. Seven. At least seven years. Yeah. In the at least seven years that we have been doing this show, in the at least seven years, I have never been wrong about everything, and you've never won anything. I'll see you next week. You've been listening to Our Auto Expert with Nick Miles. Find all the show episodes at ourautoexpert.com. Please follow us on all social media, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Our Auto Expert. And message us for a quick and witty response. Yeah.